the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. It's kind of been, if nothing else, an interesting 2020. Gone are the good old days of January and February where we were melting up and I was wondering, what's going to upset this wonderful bliss? Oh boy, did we find out. Ask and ye shall receive, right? Big stories out there today. More Americans file for unemployment benefits than expected. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be a big day on Wall Street as we digest the unemployment number and what it starts to look like. And then we're going to start breaking down like what percentage are white, what percentage are black, what percentage are Asian, what percentage are, um, what age bracket is getting hit the hardest. Weekly jobless claims hit 3.2 million. The seven week total is now 33 million. That's a rough six weeks, is it not? That's a rough six weeks. Hopefully, you'll never see anything like that again. The positive would be that we'd have to have a hell of a job push to get back to that, which tells you it's going to be a while. Grimes had the baby. It's the baby mama of Elon Musk. He's had multiple kids. This is a man who needs to be in love. But he named his kid after an A-12 plane, and he can't do that in the state of California. The baby is named X something symbol, something simple, A12. Can't use numbers or, or, or is that weird? You can't use numbers or uh, signs in your name in California. California can do a lot of things. McDonald's employee was shot in an Oklahoma City over COVID-19 closing of the dining room. Just remember today when you think, oh, my life is miserable. You're not working at McDonald's trying to close a dining room and some jerk shoots you. Peloton reported a 66% increase in sales as coronavirus keeps consumers working out at home. Um, This is a momentum stock now. I tend not to talk a lot of momentum stocks because you can get yourself into an enormous amount of trouble. But Peloton at $41 is more attractive to me than Peloton at $30. Because people are starting to go kind of crazy for it, if that makes sense. It is trading at an all-time high for them. The pandemic has been very good for Peloton. We'll talk about that. A lot of people have rushed out to get one to replace their gym membership. I know four people who, when the gym said, you don't need to come in anymore, you're not allowed to, they started rethinking their life, and they started thinking about going to the gym again post-COVID, and they don't feel comfortable for probably a couple of years, so a couple of my friends have bought Pelotons. 
couple more will buy Pelotons when this mess is over, if it becomes over the summer. Or if it dwindles and we all walk around freely without face masks, I think more people will buy it. It's a great product. It's within reach of affordability. It has high margins. 66% increase in sales means they've pushed their established base up way higher than we thought faster. Even if gyms do reopen, the company is still well-positioned at the future as new social distancing norms may continue to keep consumers at home. Now, obviously, they're going to have to port to other devices other than just a bike and a rowing machine. We'll see. But if they start selling stuff like juices and protein mixes, that's a bad sign. If they start selling stuff like stair steppers, that's a good sign. We'll talk a little bit more about Peloton as the show goes on, because I think that's one of the bigger stories of the day. Kohl's is going to reopen 25% of its stores as states lift lockdown restrictions. You're seeing some companies like Starbucks say, okay, let's do a mall in good economies and bad economies or sick economies or less sick economies, or I don't even know how you'd say that, right? States that are open versus states that are No, Starbucks is doing it broad. Kohl's is just doing it safely. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Safely. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Some of the stories that I'm looking at, um, fresh meat prices are up about 8% last month. Now, I bring this up because that's called inflation. The supply chain is getting messed up. Supply chain is kind of works like supply and demand. We're going to the grocery stores more often. We're getting meat at the grocery store more often. As we've replaced meat at the restaurant less often. But meat processing plants across the United States, many of them had to close down due to the coronavirus pandemic. A lot of them are trying to come back online. Pork and beef production have plunged about 35% compared to this time last year. So paying an extra couple bucks, 8%, 9% for your meat, you cool with that? Did you get an 8%, 9% raise in the last month or two? Probably not. And that's where inflation becomes a boogeyman. Grocery chains like Kroger and Costco have already started limiting how much meat people can buy, which... Have you ever been in a Costco and seen like maybe a Chinese restaurant roll up a cart and they're like, um, why do you have 200 cartons of chicken legs? And you're just like, just go about your way. <laughs> just go about your way. And it's a restaurant. So killing animals and destroying products will only make future price hikes and food shortages worse. So hog farmers are expected to euthanize 7 million pigs in the second quarter. If you know any pigs, you better write them a sympathy letter because they might get killed in the second quarter of this year. Dear pig, you are about to be have your neck violently slashed. Well, it won't be violent, and you won't even feel it. So says the murderer. Well, anyway, uh, pork prices moving up. Good or bad? You, you, now, if you're an investor in pork and protein companies, it could be good. If you own a little company called Beyond Meat, that could be positive. The big difference between plant-based proteins and animal-based proteins is starting to see its gap 
collapse. I told you the only reason I wanted to buy more Beyond Meat was the price. It was twice expensive. It, it was, you know, nine ninety nine a pound versus five ninety nine a pound. Trump has talked about meat packaging locations, so they're kind of in the news. It can make companies like Sanderson Farms ticker symbol SAFM, Hormel ticker symbol HRL, and Tyson Foods ticker symbol TSN. <clears throat> Could all get very dramatic here. If the shortage continues, President Trump has agreed to phase one trade deal with China. This is starting to come back in the news. You remember that was way back December 13th, 2019. In an interview, Robert Lighthouser said China trade deal has a 90 day enforcement provision. And if China does not comply, actions will be taken. That 90 days ends on May 15th, 2020. So we're going to start looking at dates like, oh, that's a week from now. The market's starting to get a little bit more, um, I guess you could say it's refining its lens. Fitch has downgraded Disney's debt from uh, A to A-. minus. What that means to you is very, very little. It just means when they borrow money, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. It's weakened their business to the point that lenders say, we need to make a little bit more, just in case. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The Great Depression, people lost their homes. Banks were able to call on mortgages. You may have heard, you know, companies like Washington Mutual saying, we may not be doing that home equity line of credit. We're going to call back what we said. You said you wanted 250. You used 200 of it. We're going to take that extra 50 back so you can't use that. And in the world of homes, that meant they took your home if you didn't pay it off. That's not the case anymore can't call mortgages, but that won't stop some people from remembering shantytowns and Hoovervilles. Back during the last Great Depression, Chicago gangster Al Capone had sporadic attempts at public relations. He opened a soup kitchen. I know you're saying, I did not think of that. Soup kitchens were a way millions of Americans saw food or consume food. That was it. The market lost $14 billion in market value on Black Tuesday, October 29, 1929. How much would that be equal to today? Ten times that. $30 billion would be equivalent to $370 trillion. That's pretty crazy. The jobless numbers were egregious. And I, I bring that up because we're going to start seeing the jobless numbers right now, tomorrow. During the worst years of the Depression, 1933 to 1934, the overall jobless rate was 25%. That's one out of four people. With another 25% taking wage cuts or working part-time, the gross national product, not GDP, but GNP, 
fell by over 50%. It wasn't until 1941 that unemployment officially fell back below 10%. So we're talking 1933, the Great Depression. It took eight years to get back to unemployment under 10. Unemployment under 10 would get people pretty freaked out. Now, unemployment at 10 for eight or nine years would have people pretty freaked out. So, just throwing that out there for you. Um, California and our governor, who some people are going to like and some people are going to hate, but Gavin Newsom said recently that the California recovery is going to take a long time, in large part as the state struggles with record Depression-era unemployment numbers. So I just brought up the Depression era at 25% unemployment. Where will California fall? And again, what will that, that fall look like? Will it be tech jobs? Probably not. Will it be service industry jobs? Yes. I'm not a tech worker, but I benefit. I'm in that world. I would like to say, although that may sound like a false claim, I, I don't think it is. Um, I don't understand how police officers and firefighters and teachers and restaurant uh, employees, all massage people, people that I, I use their services from, and I, I, I charge more than they charge me more than they do in like Virginia or Iowa. I get it, but I don't get how they survive. And when Gavin Newsom says depression era unemployment numbers, and I tell you, the last depression, it took us about 10 years to get to unemployment under 10%, not even 5% where we want to be. California's economic rebound from the coronavirus may take longer than people think as people struggle. Um, with, again, sometimes some of us are going to get in routines. We're going to look at the gym, and we're going to say, you know, I've been walking for the last couple of months. I'm going to keep this up. I'm going to up my game, and I'm going to cut the gym, which is $250, $300 a month out of our life. Back in January, let's forget how wonderful it was, shall we? Back in January, California had record low unemployment. Back in January, California had reserves in our budget. Newsom said yesterday that our budget has holes of tens and billions of dollars short of where it needs to be. It's going to be an interesting year to see how we reallocate resources as we start to recover. Next few years, we're going to have to work through some challenges, but we'll work through them. We'll get through them. I'm not that freaked out by this. California was the first state to borrow money from the federal government so it can continue paying out rising claims for unemployment benefits. You're going to see some states potentially try to restructure their debt uh, or cut costs or what. So the taxes in California are pretty brutal. By not collecting those taxes when selling things like clothing and books and music and toys and sporting goods, um, it's hindering California, right? So they're going to say, okay, they can do that, but they have to do it outside, curbside pickup services. Um, We'll see how this plays out. Back to Peloton ever so quickly. Peloton's revenue surged 66% during the third quarter as more people purchased its fitness equipment and tuned into its live classes, which is kind of 
the recurring revenue that they want and, and that Wall Street is in love with, the subscription model. Uh, the founder of the company has told analysts that the pandemic is going to change consumers' exercise routines for the long term. It's kind of a funny idea. I I don't get all that dramatic usually, but play this game with me real quick. When do you see yourself back at a gym, working out, sweating next to people? Oh, we're going to social distance. We're going to put the bike six feet apart or something. I don't think that's going to be good enough in, in a sweaty environment to get over a lot of people's fears. Average netly uh, churn, average net monthly churn at Peloton. That's how many people subscribe and then how many people quit. So their monthly churn was its lowest it's been in four years, one half of 1%. And they saw those subscription revenues increase. So Wall Street's going to like these numbers, and I think Wall Street's going to get behind them, and I think Wall Street will buy the story of more people can uh, exercise at home. I might, but I might not. I'm not quite there yet. See how, uh, and again, it, just the idea of going to a gym is kind of disgusting, but uh, the 24-hour fitness. Back in my 20s when that's what I could afford. Oh, boy. Let's just say times have changed in uh, my ability to withstand dirty showers. You might be surprised by how much it costs to charter a yacht right now. Think about this to show you how weird the world has gotten. The rates for renting a yacht during the coronavirus pandemic is skyrocketing. Um. I find that fascinating. Demand is is high. People want off land. It to me sounds like a zombie apocalypse scenario, but it's not. You can find me online at robblackshow.com or newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, seven to nine on AM twelve twenty KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Sonos just announced a brand new sound bar for big screen TVs. Sonos is a wireless speaker company that came public at a time when Google's got speakers. And Amazon has speakers. And Apple has a HomePod speaker. And a new version's coming out that's cheaper. They're coming out, Sonos, with a sound bar that's more expensive, $799, bigger TVs equals bigger sound bars. So they think more of us are sitting at home watching TVs and movies. Why not make that experience more immersive? This product is big. It's 45 inches long. It was designed to provide better audio and aesthetics for larger TVs. I get it. I don't get the timing of it, but I get it. CEO says, hey, everyone's watching now. Let's let's squeeze this out. I just... I don't know if high-end is where people are going to be going for right out of the gate. But, again, not a bad idea. It takes a long time to develop that product. It's probably been on the shelf for a little while, and they've been waiting for their decision to, to launch it. Product launches during COVID. Interesting, no? Fortnite has announced a party royale for Friday evening. Party Royale is a new mode inside of Fortnite where you can leave the guns behind and just jump on some trampolines and uh, paint bullets and stuff like that. Eh, maybe a little more bit more mom-friendly, but also maybe a little bit more less intimidating for people who don't have joystick skills. 
<clears throat> but they do want to hang out. There's a thing about hanging out in video games right now. I'm going to get to that in uno momento. Spanish, my friends, for one moment. Epic Games' own Fortnite has announced another live event for this Friday evening. Now, they just did one last week with Diplo. And they did one last month with Travis Scott. The Travis Scott one pulled in 28 million eyeballs overall, over five concerts. That's a lot of people. When you think about we're impressed with the Super Bowl at 100 million. So it seems like Epic and Fortnite are on this battle to establish kind of a beachfront and the way we look at our media. Maybe video games won't just be video games. Maybe there'll be social meetings as well. So Epic says the game has 350 million registered users who have collectively spent 3.2 billion hours in the game in April. Now, again, the game's pretty much so free, and there's not a lot of advertisements. But what if they ever were to turn advertisements on? Hey, we give you this great game for free, and we make you watch a 15-second commercial. It's in the business model. It's not there yet, but it's in the business model. So 350 million people, monthly active users, is a big statistic in understanding the analysis of the investment. Now, what was interesting about Fortnite was they stopped giving us data like this, how many people and how many hours. Last year, when they had a World Cup event where this little kid who might have been 15 years old, who might have had more pimples on his face than, I don't know if there's a pimple meme or a pimple comparison, but this little punk kid made a million plus dollars, got onto like Jimmy Kimmel and like, oh, pisses me off, right? When I was playing video games at age 15 and with acne, there were no million dollar tournaments. Not that I would have won, but a lot of people think that's when Fortnite peaked because the number of hours watched on Twitch watching other people play video games started to come down. So the whole idea of leaving the weapons and getting access to a live event Friday night, I'm a little bit interested. They're going to give away a little bit of bling. So that you show up on time, neon wings. Um, okay, I get it. It's you know something that would usually cost ten bucks. They're kind of luring you in with a digital Barbie outfit kind of thing. But is Fortnite a game or is it a platform? In the last couple of months, as I have not been able to meet friends in person, I have not been playing video games with them, but I could have. There's a game out there called Nintendo's Animal Crossing. And The Sims, they've been used by some firms to host business meetings. That, to me, is funny. When you're starting to look at the pros and cons of Zoom and the pros and cons of GoToMeeting, and you just go, let's just hang out and talk business inside of a video game. Why not? Why not? The old whatever floats your boat, I'm actually mostly good with that concept. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Beyond Meat, 
interesting. IPO last year, very sexy company, right? A lot of people wanted to own it. It starts at 25. Next thing you know, it's at 150. It was probably six weeks of nothing but hard move up. I had a friend who really wanted to own the stock, and he's a police officer. And I go, what do you know about this company? They're not, they haven't been public long enough. He's just, I want to own them. This week, we did a story about Wendy's running out of hamburger. Not a big story yet, but I can see people freaking out about protein, right? I can't have my protein. I can't eat lettuce. <clears throat> Analysts were expecting a first quarter loss, but Beyond Meat actually reported a profit. Revenue jumped 141% year over year to $97 million. That's a respectable number. When you jump 100% and you're jumping from like 2 to $4 million, but 141% from 40 million to 97 million is impressive. Their margins were good enough that the revenue jump was enough for them to eke out a small profit in the quarter before we expected them to. And that's a feather in the cap. Showing a little bit of the sales numbers, Beyond Meat has started to break out by channel. There's the retail channel. Think of them as grocery stores, mass retailers, Costco. Then there's the food service side, restaurants and schools. Then there's the regions, international versus the United States. And now that Beyond Meat's big enough to start giving us breakouts like that, we could analyze the company a little bit better. Food services hurt right now because restaurants are limited to ultimately takeout. Retail has some crosswinds in it, but it should be a benefit from a possible meat shortage as we're going through the grocery store. Or maybe you have someone going through Instacart, and he goes, hey, you asked for a hamburger, but we ain't got none, so how about uh, the, this this plant burger? Sure, take. Well, I'll take it. Just put it in the cart. Got to have something, right? I told him I made spaghetti red sauce with uh, Beyond Meat, and it was more than appropriate. A little uh, high in sodium, but low in animal. <laughs> Retail dwarfs uh, food service is what we've learned inside the United States for Beyond Meat. 69% to 31%. That can get internationally flipped as food service dominates retail. 76% to 24%. You got to keep a look at Beyond Meat and try to figure out where is their gain? Is it in the United States? Is it in Europe? They've got some. They've got some operating leverage right now, flexing their muscles as sales are getting substantial. And it's an alternative product to what some people are starting to see as a flawed food supply service. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The big short investor, Michael Burry, has lowered his stake in GameStop. About 60 days ago, I started looking at Michael Burry because he's that guy from that movie, The Big Short, right? And he's been taking up a big stake in GameStop until he wasn't. <clears throat> he had been prodding the video game retailer take action on a number of items 
including using some cash for share buybacks and debt reduction, and selling and leasing back some of their properties. It's a company that's a mess. It's a retail play, which is expensive to rent space. It's in a world that's going more and more digital. Um, Burry was one of the first people to make big bets against subprime mortgages. Ultimately, he's kind of moving out of the position, having not succeeded closing it in a way that he wanted to. His overall stake has dropped to $2.8 million, down from $3.4 million. His ownership level has slipped beneath the 5% threshold. He no longer has to disclose what he's doing with the stock. Um, but let's just say here was a guy who was right about the big short. He was right about subprime mortgages. And it's looking like he's wrong on GameStop. I throw that out there not to look like a charlatan, but to kind of say, just be careful what you watch and be careful what you like buy into. One big win doesn't make a championship. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Get your calls in early on a segment, and I'll get to it as soon as I can. You can call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Moderna Therapeutics, mRNA, has said the FDA has allowed the company to pursue phase two trials for its COVID-19 vaccine. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We had a caller last segment, but he called in with about a minute and a half left, so I didn't quite have a chance to do enough research on it to give you a good opinion. Um, I want you to go on air. It makes for a better experience. It stops people from promoting stocks that they want promoted. Maybe he owns this one. And I could say, well, we're kind of promoting it right now. And we're getting other people on the bandwagon, even though you're up 40% today, no one else is. So let's not get too excitable, okay? So call the show, 800-516-1220, and I'll give you a good answer. Watch. Twilio, what do they do? First and foremost, they make um, a programming language. I have to imagine that unless you're an engineer in the Bay Area, you don't know what Twilio is. I have to imagine. Now, again, there's some probably software engineer in Florida. He's like, I know what it is. But it's an API application programming language, and it's it's tied into voice, text, and video communications. If you've ever used Uber to call your driver, where it's a phone number built into an application, that is the messaging service that is Twilio. Twilio is WhatsApp's biggest customer. They offer its services through programmable communication clouds. Um, they've picked up some acquisitions along the way. They're very similar to a company called Bandwidth, ticker symbol B-A-N-D. They beat expectations on earnings. They crushed them. But so did Band last week. I throw that out because Bandwidth, ticker symbol B-A-N-D, they're very similar companies. So if you had been paying attention to the sector, you found out something beautiful was likely to happen. Just throwing that out there. Um, Twilio has been a great trade. Now the question is, do you hold it going forward? 
up 40% in a day. Up 24% is the correct way of saying that. Um, it's up 44 bucks, up 36%. It's just bouncing around crazy right now. But it's a huge winner, but it's also a very small company. And that's where you start getting into the market cap of going from $17 billion to $24 billion in one day. You're like, whoa, that's a big move um, for a small company. So let's talk a little bit more about the company because I think it, it deserves a little bit of props. Trading sharply higher. It's demonstrated that it's a company that is benefiting from shelter in place and social distancing efforts. APIs are used to plug communication abilities, phone calls, text messaging, uh, SMS, uh, video into your apps. So if you're talking to Uber or Lyft and you call message the driver inside the app you're using Twilio, or if a restaurant lets you know that your table is ready via an app, that's Twilio's API is powering that interaction. There's a breakfast place that I like that it's like every other breakfast place in America, it feels like. If you like it, everyone else likes it. Um, so when you get there, you put your name on an app, and they'll go, we'll, we'll stay in touch. It's going to be 40 minutes. But every five minutes, like, your table is 35 minutes away. Your table is 22 minutes away. Um, so it's updating you. It's communicating with you inside the app. Twilio reported a surprise profit, a big surprise profit. Um, the company came public in 2016. The surprise on earnings was its biggest ever since they became publicly traded and had to tell us. They've got legit sales of $364 million. Million dollars. Alex, I'll take millions for a billion. The most, um, they guided for second quarter. That is so worthy of note right now. When a car company says, here's our expectations for the second quarter, and their competitor says, we don't know what our expectations are. It's the demon known versus the demon unknown. It's the visibility versus the not visibility. So not only did Twilio say, we just crushed it in the first quarter. cock a doodle doo look at me. But they said, we got this looking pretty good in the second quarter, too. And that visibility has people excited. One robust quarter followed by another robust quarter. And then it gets get in, it gets in that Peloton argument that I need you to start really thinking about. Yes, we know Peloton is a COVID pandemic stay-at-home winner. Will it be after the fact? Will this shift away from restaurants? It saves my family hundreds per month cooking at home. It may not be as tasty. We may not be as fat, but it saves hundreds of dollars. Will my my action bleed over into 2021, 2022, 2023? And cut down on that ridiculous amount of spending for very tasty food. Twilio has the same question. Is it something that we're more likely to be using apps to contact people? And I think the answer is yes. Just even the idea of going into a breakfast joint and putting your name on a list and then just walking around in, in, in air versus sitting in a waiting room. No, thank you. So they're a momentum stock. I invite, uh, I don't remember his name, but I invite him to look into it. I don't know if Michael owns it or not, but 
it's out there. So that's my analysis from just their earnings. Um, clearly, I would have to do a lot more to give you a good recommendation on it. Stocks are rising today despite another grim jobless claims report. I kind of got to wonder when the market sobers up. It feels like we're a little bit drunk on stimulus and drunk on a president that will try his best to get people back to work. And that combination of stimulus and getting people back to work, 33 million people, it's got the market partying as if things are great right now. 33 million people have lost their jobs in the last seven weeks. The NASDAQ composite is up 15%. This quarter, the S&P 500 is up 10 and the Russell is up 9.5%. It shows you that sometimes bad news is good news. And it's a little bit counterintuitive. The market's a little punch drunk. I'm not saying it's not going to last. But it doesn't make sense when you look at the jobs and then you look at the market and then you look at the jobs and then you look at the market. The market needs the economy. The economy needs jobs. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.